Dropbit Gaming Dropbit Gaming Dropbit Gaming Dropbit Gaming Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Dropbit Gaming Podcast Yay. Yes, everybody is excited um, We're not going to change the name of the podcast but it is now known as Two Married Guys <laughs> Marriage. <laughs> Marriage is what keeps us from recording. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yes. So, um, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be approximately six weeks since our last episode. Yeah. Um, and that's if it comes out in the next couple of days. <laughs> Otherwise, it could be yeah, six weeks plus. Exactly. Uh, Marriage is what stops me <laughs> from editing. <laughs> No, because I, I did go off and uh, got married and you had planned a, one, which kept you busy, yeah, and then you did it, and then did the marriage, and yeah. then you went to a honeymoon, yeah. and then we've had lockdown. You got locked down in Tasmania, yeah, and yeah, it's so, been eventful, yeah, all that in six weeks. Who yeah. would have thunked it? There's been events, yes. So anyway, yes, this is um, episode one eighty. So yeah. we're we're looking back. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. What do you reckon? Yeah, not bad. We should have planned this beforehand. Oh yeah, I should have uh, you know, run it past you maybe. <laughs> but nah, it's not how we roll. Hindsight's 2021. Ooh. Actually, it would be 2020 because that was last year. That's right. So we would uh, be looking fuck back. Fuck that joke up. Uh, yeah, I'm a bit rusty, okay? It's been a while. <laughs> Almost <laughs> forgot how to do this. So I'm Matt, you're Lucas. Did you already say that? No. Yeah. And For anyone who... Is new. Not, yeah. If you're new here, <laughs> then you've come ten and a half years too late. You've dusted really. off the old Drop Bear Gaming RSS feed and gone. Wait, That's, what's this new thing here? Yeah. <laughs> what's a Drop Bear? Did yeah. you see the picture that I took and sent it to you yeah, from yeah, yeah. Um, the Mona? Yeah. Yeah. We went to the Mona in Tasmania, and there's a whole lot of different <laughs> art there. Very strange. Very. Yeah. Um, some would say fucked up. Yeah. That's the professional artistic way of saying it. Yeah. Um, well, they do was... some real fucked up shit. There was something recently that was going to be... Because they do their... What's the festival that they do in Tasmania? The art festival? It's called like... Don't know. It's called like Dark as Fuck or something like that. Oh, uh, it's... Yeah, I remember something, something dark, like that. Dark something? Dark state? No, I don't know. Anyway, there was... something though. There was going to be um, an art thing where it was something to do with blood... But they were yeah, getting they, indigenous people to volunteer their blood to yeah. do this like art piece using indigenous blood, and then mm. there was like massive uproar you about can't it. Do that. They're like, "There's enough indigenous blood being spread, spilled, like, spilled already." Because yeah. like in Tasmania, Australian history lesson, all of the indigenous people in Tasmania got killed. Mm. So there's like no yeah. Tasmanian tribes left. They were well, all murdered. I was actually really surprised as well because coming from Queensland, we. We are surrounded here, and not just in Queensland, but it's very prevalent in, in mm. Queensland, mm. Um, that a lot of the suburbs, street names, parks, lots of things in Queensland and in Brisbane particularly, are named after Indigenous names. Yeah. Or with Indigenous names. Yeah. And it, it's fantastic to see, but when yeah. you go to Tasmania, there's none of it. Yeah. There is literally, I saw zero. Yeah, it's all European yeah. styles. And it was really bizarre. Like It's like a whole new I get it when country, people I come guess. here and they go, How the fuck do you pronounce that? Yeah, Indurupili. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But that's like a major part of my life, Indurupili. Yeah. Being just going to Indrapili is yeah. like it's just around the corner and there's a shopping centre there. Yeah, so, exactly. And you know, Goodna, where I 
yeah. suburb near where I Woolen grew up. Gabba, yeah. you know, Yarongpili. There's yeah. lots of different places that actually have indigenous names and they're yeah. now part of our vernacular. Yeah. I don't really know what they mean, yeah. but they are part of my everyday words. Yeah. And I say a shitload of words most days. Yeah. Love the sound of my own voice. <laughs> but anyway, that was just a, a thing that I took out of there. But yeah. I, I sent Matt a picture of um, some kangaroos at play, it was called. Yeah. And it was basically like a I painting think it was of a tree. At play, oh, koalas yeah. at play. Yeah. Sorry, it makes more sense. It does make more sense now that you think of it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there was like the, the actual koalas were painted with traditional indigenous dot painting. Yeah. Um, and there was three of them dropping out of a tree. And the one that was closest to you know the viewpoint was quite a sinister looking drop bear looking one. Yeah. Big teeth and stuff. And it was actually a really, really cool painting. So I was going to steal it because um, it wasn't for sale. I probably don't have the, you know. Look, I need to buy this. 900 billions that it would have cost to buy. So anyway, I didn't steal it. So I just took a photo. Yeah, which is pretty much stealing anyway. Well, kind of, yeah. Um, so it's by an artist named Lynn Onus. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. The, the actual one. Yeah, and you can actually... Oh, it doesn't have a price. There but you, it's a, you can get it on this website, Mutual Art. So if you go to mutualart.com and search for koalas at play, you can see the picture we're talking about. There you go. And it's there actually a really cool drop bear kind of picture. So yeah, it's pretty and, cool. And it's proof that they exist. <laughs> Proof. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent proof. Yep, that's all we needed. Exactly. Just someone to do a drawing of it <laughs> that isn't eight bit. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we're back together again. Should we talk about some episode. gaming stuff? Yeah, or? let's do it. Let's so talk some we already stuff. said it's episode one eighty. Um, it has been a little while, so yep. we're going to touch on a couple <laughs> of bits of. Yep. So looking at this, yep, episode one eighty said that tick done. <laughs> yep. So we're going down the list. <laughs> so I mean, there's been a lot of news. If you are interested in gaming news, you've probably followed it from elsewhere. Because but, not us. You wouldn't have heard yeah. it from us. But there's a few things that interest us, mm. and we like talking, so, so we're going to talk about hopefully it. Hopefully you like listening to yeah. us talking. Otherwise, what are you doing here? Exactly. <laughs> Off you go. Um, so just <laughs> recently, I'll wait for them to leave, actually. Yeah. yeah. The drop out bears. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So, Arcane's Deathloop delayed until September now. Yeah. This has only come out yeah. last few days. Yeah, Microsoft take over Bethesda and it's like, oops, your exclusive game's delayed again. <laughs> Thanks. Bugger. Coincidence? I think so. So, that is the second or third time Deathloop's been... Uh, it's at least the second. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, well, it just means it's going to be even longer until it's on Xbox. The more they delay it, yeah. it's going to backfire. That's They're right. doing it just to fuck with us. Yeah. I mean, us, I mean, PlayStation. Yikes, <laughs> <laughs> I've given away my bias. Exactly. <laughs> Whoopsie. And um, it's probably more at this point about building suspense. Yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm now starting to think that that's the whole, like, side issue here they're not trying to just delay the games because they're broken yeah they're just building suspense because there's no yeah. other games that always works yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah well outriders came out recently and yes. we're not going to talk about that this episode because we haven't played enough but it's That's on right. our list to review mm. um it's hard to play games when you're in tasmania Away from your controllers. Yeah. Apart from Uno with your new wife. <laughs> well, that's right. Hide the sausage. <laughs> Things like that. And we yeah. don't play that Uno, you know what I mean? <laughs> we play Duo. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're like a reverse card. <laughs> no, she plays a reverse card and you're like, oh no. 
Anyway. <laughs> anyway, let's get away from that topic. Um, but uh, apparently, Outriders had some, uh, you know, launch issues. I had no issues Couple playing of bugs. It. Yeah. Okay. I've, I haven't played, to be fair, I haven't played a lot of it. Yeah. Because I want to play it multiplayer. Multiplayer. Yeah. Multiplayer. Multiplayer. Yeah. Multiplayer. Multiplayer. So, um, yeah, but my first impressions are that it's really fucking cool. There's yeah. an ep- there's like a prologue bit where your character starts as a single player and before mm-hmm. you get to the multiplayer bit. Okay. And it literally made my jaw drop because I had no idea what I was getting into. Right. That was when I played the demo, but yeah, um, like getting into it, I was like, holy shit, this is freaking cool. Oh, oh I'll have to give that a go then. Yeah. So um, I haven't even looked at yeah. many games the last couple yeah, of years. Because I played through... Um, what games have I been playing lately? Assassin's oh, Creed. I put like 170 hours oh, into Valhalla. Yeah. So I finished that and I was like, fuck, I want to play something that's completely not Valhalla. Yeah. And so I was like, well, what shooters do I have? Outriders. Because I haven't played a shooter in ages. Mm. So that I'll give that a go. And straight away I was like, this is fucking awesome. Cool. So, uh, but yeah, apparently there was a bunch of bugs. And so they're giving people an appreciation package, which has... Have you read this? It's like it says like a legendary weapon to make up for yeah. launch issues, which seems excessive. It does. Yeah, it must have been really broken. Yeah, to have to do that. Um, it says, ah, oh, performance issues on PC, a fair amount of server downtime, etc., etc. It contains things like a legendary weapon and other goodies. So that's so, good of them. Not many, not many uh, developers will do that. Yeah. But the thing about that game is, uh, it says your highest level character will receive a level appropriate legendary weapon, level appropriate amount of titanium, the emote frustration. That's oh, fucking that's well cool. done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Which is otherwise un- unobtainable at this moment in time. The irony here was not intentional, but it is fitting. <laughs> um, Good on them. Yeah, that game's pretty cool yeah and it is and they cool have a sense of humor which yeah, is good it's cool yeah. that they're doing that so that's yeah. good um on a bit of a side note well, that, here, before I actually, we get into that oh, um, yeah. that game was free on game pass yes at launch yeah which we'll circle back to a little bit later but yeah that's an interesting one because it's a major third party game mm. free day one on xbox game well Free. You pay for Xbox Game yeah. Pass, but it's free yeah. added on to that. Mm. Um, and like 60, 70 US dollars, like $100 or whatever here mm. on PSN. So, yeah. Um, anyway, you're saying? Yeah, so thought this was a bit of tongue in cheek at the time, but there was a competition just recently run in the US um, where you had, uh, what was it, Skittles and Xbox being uh, like going up against each other really to confirm the better social media presence oh, of the okay. two companies yeah um, and and people got to you know vote for the companies and whatnot um, so I thought it was kind of funny Aaron Greenberg um, the Xbox guy yeah the Xbox guy came out and said help Xbox win and we will put a new product into the real world which is an xbox mini fridge yeah so it's it's basically the same at look because a lot of people could probably remember when the xbox was released yeah revealed revealed yeah. everyone went fuck it looks like a fridge yeah 
and just a big box. Yeah, and that went crazy. Like everyone yeah. was like, and they made one. They made a big full sized one. Yeah, it was like a full size fridge mm. for marketing. Yeah, to be and, yeah. a piss take and like take, yeah. kind of try and take that shit back, yeah, own it. Yeah, yeah. And which is good social now, media presence. Yeah, that's too. right. Yeah. So now they're actually looking at, um, and, and by the way, they did win the competition just after April Fools. Yeah. And now they've come out and said, right, we're doing this. Yeah. So as if they were going to lose that competition. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe if it was Doritos, all the nerds on the internet would vote for Doritos instead. True. But yeah. yeah. But it's kind of a funky looking thing. Like it's a lot thinner, obviously, mm. than you know a big square. But yeah. it's literally a like a bar fridge. Um, and that's pretty cool. So it's actually got the little Xbox light you know, in the, yeah, top, in the corner. top corner. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, I thought that was kind of a funny little thing that Microsoft's taking back. Nice for the fans. Speaking mm. of Microsoft, they, um, you know, recently, a couple of weeks ago now, they um, completed their acquisition of Bethesda for yeah. $7.5 billion, So that's happened. Nearly $10 Hence, billion Australian, million, yeah. no, billion, sorry. Australian. Billion, yeah, which yeah. is a crazy amount of money. It is. And um, it just adds to the amount of shit that's on game pass yeah you know and they're really killing it they're really killing they it because yeah. one of the other news pieces recently was that um the sony first party exclusive game made by sony san diego mlb the show which mm -hmm. isn't a big game here because not we here don't, there's yeah. there's people who like baseball there's baseball teams around here and it's a big game it was one of the very first games ever to be released on the playstation 4 yeah it was over 50 gig day one installed yeah that's fucking massive, really. Yeah. Like, compared to other games that you can conceive that they're pretty big. Yeah. To me, baseball should be like 20 megabytes. <laughs> you know? There's not that much to it in my mind. Yeah. You know, compared to fucking, well, let's say Call of Duty 200 gig. Yeah. You know, that's a big difference. Yeah. But there's a shitload in that. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, so, um, apparently MLB said to Sony, we want to release this on Xbox as well. So it became the first Sony first-party game to get released officially on Xbox. Mm. Uh, I think it was the first one. If it's not the first, it's sure. fucking rare. Yeah. And now they've announced that it's coming to Game Pass day one at launch for free. Which is massive. Which is insane because it's 70 US dollars. Like full, It's a full-price game. Because mm. in America, they... The original, like it used to be 60 bucks for a game. And yeah. then when PS5 came out, they're like, oh, let's charge more because it costs more to make can. them. Yeah. yeah. So the PS version is 70 US dollars. Mm. The Xbox version is fucking free. If you've got it. Now, yeah. if you're a baseball fan and not a huge gamer and you haven't bought a new console yet and you get the choice, because like I was saying to you earlier, I knew people back in PS3 days who mm. bought a PS3 specifically for Gran Turismo yeah. because that was the one game they wanted to play. Mm. They wanted a system for it. I guarantee there's people out there who would have bought a PS5 specifically for MLB The Show, the new one, to get the best baseball yeah. experience. Yeah. And to now be able to go, well, do I buy that or do I buy an Xbox, which is the same price and, and has... Games free shitloads of other games with the game pass yeah. for no, no extra cost it's like it puts sony in a position that i don't know if they like hopefully they saw it coming because i think the rest of us saw this coming mm. you know with outriders and then this well we've been talking about it for quite a while yeah and um, all the acquisitions they've made yeah. they're going to have a huge catalog now yeah and maybe it'll take it's going to take a bit longer before it really gets realized but mm. sony is still playing this like 
Xbox are catching up to us so we don't have to yeah, worry. But exactly. there's going to be a point in time where the first party offering from Xbox outweighs the fuck out of the PlayStation mm-hmm. 1 and you only have to pay $15 a month and you get all of it. Yeah. And Sony right. will still be over here being like, you know, we've got PS now but it's not really a thing. Mm-hmm. Not big. Yeah. And all of our other games you've got to pay full price for. And like, to be fair, their games are fucking awesome. Mm. But... If you can pay 15 bucks a month and get access to like hundreds of games exactly. compared, yeah. it's not a hard choice for people who are, no. you know... And not... that's the thing, like for the price of potentially, what, two full price games in a year, yeah, you get access to a whole shitload of brand new yeah. games. Including every new Bethesda game. That's right. And then you've got, like once all of the games are considered, you'd have tens of thousands of gaming hours yeah like absolutely. potentially even a hundred thousand gaming hours yeah. if you, were you don't to sit ever have to buy a game yeah and that's realistically that's incredible i mean if you want the newest third party games you probably pay for them but fuck they just put outriders on there for free that's so. right yeah i don't know how because the thing is they cycle stuff out so putting outriders on there for square enix might be a good decision because you get people into it get them hooked and then, then pull it, it out later. and they have yeah. to buy it to be able to play That's it. Right. So, mm. you know, but whereas if they didn't put it on there, how many people would just not bother mm. and it, it would die? Like you just don't bother. You go, oh, what is that? Oh, yeah. Destiny clone? What is that? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, Fuck exactly. it. I'm not going to give that any time of day, but if yeah. it's free on Game Pass, you'll give it a go. You give it a go and you mm. go, holy fuck, this is actually really, really good. Yeah. So. Well, speaking of brand new games being brought out for free, yeah. uh, we'll quickly touch on Oddworld. Yeah, um, PS Plus. Yeah, PS Which, Plus. PS Plus is where PlayStation are really going well with PS5. Yeah. It's still nowhere near the value proposition of Game Pass. True. But every month we've had a, pretty much a brand new game. So the there was Bug Snacks, yeah. Yeah. Um, Oddworld this month, mm-hmm. Oddworld Soulstorm. We had Maquette, I think, last month, which mm-hmm. is like a little indie game. Yeah. So there's been good games coming out on there mm. for free, but in comparison to the games bus, it's still fucking way behind. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But being able to get mm. Oddworld Soulstorm for free, great. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because it's it's a... I've played it very briefly. We're not going to review it this week. Yeah. Um, but it's fun. And mm. they've kind of gone away from the... It's still there, but they've kind of gone a slightly different path where it's not as childish about burps and farts anymore. Yeah. Like, you can still do that shit yeah. if you want, but there's a really big change towards more of storytelling the th- yeah, and the theme yeah the the heart of abe and you know his his mission and all that kind yeah. of stuff it's actually really cool there's an article you can read on the playstation blog by one of the creators i don't know if it was by the guy or if it was just one of the other people on the team yeah but it goes into what their thought process was was with making this because they made um abe's odyssey that was the first one yeah and then they made like a bunch of other games mm. that were sequels yeah and it said when we made the sequel, which I think was the... Was it Abe's Exodus or something like that? Or... Oh, it's been a long time. Some, or Munch's Odyssey or yeah. one of those ones. There whatever the few. Whatever the second one was, apparently they were only given nine months to wow. develop it. Yeah. So they didn't get to flesh out what their idea was for the sequel. Mm. And it just had to get rushed to market and ended up being not a very good game. Yeah. Yeah. So they said, what we've done here is pretend none of that other shit existed. And this is... Our sequel to Abe's Odyssey. Oh, so wow. it's set immediately after Abe's Odyssey where he yeah. gets everyone out of the, um, what's it called? The farms? Where yeah, yeah. So he gets the 300 people out or whatever. Vulcan's Farms? Something like that? 
Somewhere. Anyway, yeah. so he gets them out. And then so the start of this one is him like in a cave or something with those people. And he's like trying to real... He's beginning to realize that like his people rely on him. And yeah. these aren't the only ones. There's thousands of other people out there of his species, his people who are being oppressed and slave are still yeah. slaves and it's it's up to him to step up and save the day. Mm-hmm. And so it has these real like these themes were there in the first one but it was yeah. much more childish. Yeah. And so to go now to like fully diving into that deep like theme. And, and it looks beautiful. Yeah. yeah. The game looks it really plays nice. well too. It does play well. It plays well, really yeah. well. So yeah. we'll review that on our next episode but first impressions there as well are like it's pretty decent. Mm. So I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to giving it a bit more time. Yeah, me too. Um, Plus, it's so good to have a new fucking Abe game. Exactly. Odd World game. And for free. Yeah. Well, and technically. Well, that article also said that there's a lot of stuff in it that they've done differently to how those other games are. So, like, all of the people that you rescue are now not just followers. You can use them as, like, for different things. Like, you can set them as guards at a spot to like let you know if someone's coming or mm. they have different tasks that you can use those guys for. So cool. they're not just mindless followers. Yeah. Yeah. Which so adds a whole new work. level of like strategy and tactics yeah. to it as well. Cool. So yeah. Um, speaking of games that are coming out soon, um, that I'm super excited for. Yeah. Uh, Mass Effect's uh, legendary edition has now gone gold. Yep. Which is great. The, um, it's locked the in. director, uh, Mac Walters basically came out and said that this will pretty much ensure that there will be no delays for this yeah. at all. Like we're at a point now where we're still a month out yeah. and it's looking sick. Yeah, so they're probably doing some bug fixes and shit, but I mean, it's only a re- it's not a full remake. No. So yeah. So technically how many bugs can there be? That's right. You'd kind yeah. of think that they would have figured them all out by now, but they, that, um, that was a good good thing. Yeah, they put a list up on the Bioware blog of all the changes to the original Mass Effect, yep. like Mass Effect 1, mm-hmm. and they've done a shitload of work to it. Good. And yeah, it's been a while since... Because you know me, I love a good remake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really keen for it because there's not really any games like Mass Effect that are like sci-fi, third-person action yeah, adventure. Yeah, not, not at that level. RPG, really good. Mm. So, yeah. you know, the last one we had was Andromeda, which fell flat compared to like a lot of people thought it sucked i thought it was okay but it felt yeah. flat compared to the original trilogy yeah and so i'm really keen to revisit that so yeah, there's cool. that um disco elysium the game that came out on pc and won heaps of gaming year awards and lots of other awards got announced late last year as coming to ps4 and ps5 march mm-hmm. this year that's happened the final cut yeah it's got all the dlc and all fixes and shit like that whatever uh, turns out the Australian Classification Board have not changed their opinion on games with drug use in them. So, you know, because mm. there's no drug use in Australia, so we can't have That's it on right. our games. We can't see it. Yeah, we can't go and see it on, like, movies like Train Spotting or yeah. um, Requiem for a Dream. God, no. Or Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, Breaking Bad. Yeah. None yeah. of that's allowed here, no. obviously. For oh, good shit. reason. No, it is, it is actually So they're so all here, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah weird. It's weird. So but they, they're not games. You're not involved. Yeah, you're not the one actually yeah. doing you're the drugs. You're just watching. Yeah. yeah, so Disco Elysium was refused classification. So um, Steam was already selling the PC version. Epic Game Store pulled it mm. because it's now... Now that it's been refused classification, it's actually illegal to distribute it here. Yeah. So Epic Game Store pulled it. I haven't checked Steam recently, but I no, bought it on there. 
when it got refused classification, I bought it because mm-hmm. it was still available for like a week afterwards. Yeah. So I bought it like, well, if I can't play it on PlayStation, I'll get it here. Mm. And then um, I don't really play games on my PC. Yeah. So I get them and then I'm like, ah, I'm not going to play this. <laughs> so I messaged Susie, who's in America, and yep. I said, hey, can you get me a PSN card? And I've already set up a US account. PlayStation account. Yeah. I don't know where the address goes. It's like some street in New York City or something. headquarters. Yeah, Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah, that's where I put mine. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I got her to buy me a digital um, PSN card and like five minutes later, she sent me it. I paid out her the money and and bought it. So I've got Disco Elysium on my PlayStation. That's the process if you want to do it. You can buy US PSN cards online. Yeah. But um, CD keys. some of those sites are a little bit sketchy. Yeah, some of them are buyer beware but Mm -hmm. um yeah if you've got a friend who's in america you can actually set up an amazon account with their address and then buy digital gift cards on amazon as well Mm. but you need to use a payment um so like you can't use an australian credit card it has to be linked to an american address so it's a fucking runaround to be able to play one of the best rpgs ever made well you could just get in contact with susie yeah yeah if you know susie yeah uh, she's on Twitch, so just, oh, yeah. I think Call of Susie on um, yeah. on Twitch, so go and give her a follow there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that. But apparently the PlayStation version has like some seriously fucking game-breaking bugs in it. Wow. So the publishers said that they're going to come out, they've come out and said we're working on fixing it. Don't know how long it's going to be because they're mm-hmm. an indie developer. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but they should have a bit of money now. You know, it's been a yeah. good... good while the game's been yeah, out on PC and exactly. they made a fair bit of cash. And now they've released the Final Cut version on PC as well as on the oh, PlayStation. Okay. So there's more money rolling in that way. But Well, yeah. maybe they should just give some appreciation packages. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's the thing to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm really enjoying it. Hopefully I, they're I've listening only, to this. I've only played like 10 minutes of it, but I was immediately grabbed by it. It's like a style that I really don't think I've played anything like that before. Wow. And it grabbed me straight away. Because you love your RPGs. Yeah. But like the dialogue and writing and art style and all that kind of stuff is really high level. Mm -hmm. So like the art style is, it it looks like a painting almost. Wow. Because it's, it looks like a painting, but it's, it's almost post-apocalyptic and how like everything's dirty and it's kind of like, or more like dystopian or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I really am liking it, but I did notice straight away you... It controls a bit funny because it's supposed to be like PC. moving a mouse yeah. and clicking on shit. So mm-hmm. the stuff that you interact with and you move your right stick to select it and then it says X and you press X and you move, you know, when like in Baldur's Gate and stuff, when you click on something, your character will move there before yeah. it interacts. Mm-hmm. And it puts a little X on the a yellow X on the floor where he walks to. Yeah. But then he just walks next to the thing and just stands there and you have to interact again for it to work. Oh, okay. But sometimes you'll click it and it'll walk over and it'll work. So I assume that's one of the bugs. Mm. But so that's a little bit frustrating. But, yeah. um, you know, I've mm. played games that are real buggy and fucked before just for the story, and this seems like one of the ones that I'd give the time of day to. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. But it is sad that it's a refused classification in Australia mm. because, like, if it's as good as all of the Game of the Year awards and everything else that it got say that it is... Which normally, then, they're not too far off. Yeah, then it's yeah. a real shame that, you know, RPG fans and fans of that type of... Because you play an alcoholic detective solving crimes and shit... So, so it's pretty real life. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of people who are into that genre yeah. and they're not going to be able to play that game because right. 
uh, classification board is so fucking outdated, you know. So, so there you go. It's pretty um, weak source. <laughs> Naughty Dog is apparently, reportedly, I should say, but still apparently because it hasn't been confirmed yet. Yeah. Um, working on a Last of Us PS5 remake. A remake, it says, not yeah, a remaster. Not a remaster. Which, considering it only came out eight years ago, pretty insane. Yeah. But I guess. They made fuckloads of money off it, so if they can and try there's and a big difference in make tech lightning strike again, yeah. So, um, um, I've read a little bit about this because the guy, it was like a third party that decided to start making the remake, mm. and then Naughty Dog took over and sacked all the guys who were working on it or something. Fair enough. So you'd it's be LYP. Yeah. yeah, but they were like, I think Sony got this third party to start doing it. And then they're like, okay, Naughty Dog's not working on anything or they're not busy at the moment. And so they sacked them and then they rehired them as another thing and they're working on an Uncharted game potentially or something. I don't know. It's fucking a weird, it's like real weird, Mm. but it doesn't sound like those people It sounds like a Naughty Dog thing. Yeah. Yeah. Naughty Dog just do whatever they want. But The Last of Us was a really good game and to have The Last of Us 1 and 2 in a collection made for PS5 would would be be pretty cool pretty good I don't know if I can take playing number two again so soon it was long it was hugely fucking draining too yeah like it was massive to put the amount of effort into it that you needed to yeah and then as we said in the review multiple times you get to somewhere and you go fuck is that the end yeah and then no there's more and that's not just because the game is like we talked about this, but it's not because the game is boring or annoying no, or anything. Yeah. It's because it's so draining that you see that light at the end of the tunnel and you're like, oh fuck yeah! Like, I'm am I going to be able to, to that stop yeah. and then reflect? Mm. Oh no, there's more. And yeah. then so, and that in itself can be draining because mm. you know lots of ups and downs for no yeah, reason. It's a fucking roller coaster. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. seriously, a fucking good game though. Oh yes, but it's very taxing. Mm. On the old mentality. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so this is something you, you came across. Boy, this is day. Su- a surprise. Yeah. No one saw this. No coming. one at all. But uh, now they've verified that links between loot boxes and problem gambling are a legitimate thing. Yeah. So it's not just a, oh, you let your kids do it and they're going to turn into problem gamblers. They've actually now done a study that can confirm this somehow yeah so researchers at the university of plymouth and wolverhampton in the uk i think have discovered that loot boxes are quote structurally and psychologically akin to gambling so you get the dopamine hit that you get out of poking machines and all yeah that kind of effectively shit. Yeah. yeah so it was commissioned the research was commissioned by gamble aware a charity in the uk and uh, some of the results are the following of 93 percent of children who play video games, up to 40% have opened loot boxes. No, no surprise here. Especially yeah. in England, they'd be playing FIFA. Yeah, for or sure. Or Fortnite or Overwatch. Like, yeah. three of the biggest fucking games ever. Yeah. Um, about 5% of gamers generate half of the entire revenue from the boxes. Wow. Uh, 12 out of 13 studies on the topic have established, quote, unambiguous, unquote, connections to problem gambling behavior. That's a very and small quote. It's just one word. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like uh, unambiguous. Oh, okay. So yeah, whatever, you know. <laughs> young men young men are the most likely to use loot boxes with young age and lower education correlating with increased uses. 
Many games use a psychological nudge, which encourages those to purchase loot boxes. Yeah. So in, in an attempt to instill the fear of missing out on limited time items yeah. or deals. Yeah, they so, all do that. Yeah, mm. it's fucking like... And it's kind of funny because when, when we saw this article, the... I guess the thing that I noticed first of all was the image that they used firstly was Overwatch. the Overwatch loot box because yeah. it's literally a loot box. Yeah, it looks like a box. Yeah, and, and it's glowing and it's like, yeah. oh, you know, come and find what's inside me. Yeah. Um, Pulp Fiction style. Yeah, pretty much. But um, they didn't show a more problematic one like a FIFA pack or an NBA that's pack. That's right. Because the, the, the thing I keep coming back to in my mind is that... Overwatch to me makes no difference that they have loot boxes or not because it, it literally makes zero difference to the game. The yeah. only thing that you actually get out of them are skins, um, yeah. you know, stickers that you can spray on a wall. Yeah. Um, the know, downside is if, if you're after one specific skin yeah, and you have to keep buying loot boxes until you get it. And they actually do what you just said as well. Part of it is... They do very limited time things like Christmas yeah. ones and then they do Halloween and so yeah. on and so on. So they are constantly allowing you to get glimpses and then taking them away, yeah. which is a big thing when it comes to gambling. That's what FIFA do as well. Like yeah. Team of the week, every single week there's special edition versions of players. Yeah, They've got the team of the year that's even better. Mm. And then there's like, you know, um, Chinese New Year packs and yeah. shit like that, which yeah. are fucking irrelevant to... FIFA, exactly, but they yeah. just are ways and, and for them to put a, shine, a new shine on the packs. Like the the two K NBA two K has been doing that same thing for yeah. years and years and years. It's not like it's difficult to come up with that idea. No, that's Go, right. How can we sell more? Oh, let's just say there's a limited let's, edition. Yeah, you know, put a the Halloween there. pack. There's ten Halloween themed players that you can get only in this type of pack. Yeah, only for one week. Yeah, and then people would spend thousands. And and but, they uh, do the same thing. Like I said on NBA, like they'll have. Michael Jordan week or you know they'll, yeah. they'll do a, a special on a player for a week where everyone's like fuck I just want that player yeah. and they just spend and spend and spend and spend to yeah, try and get like it that's like a 0.01% chance right. or something and the, the, the reason is for games like that that yes you get a good player and you can dominate a game yeah and that's how it works there's a lot of sketchiness with it as well like in FIFA Ultimate Team they do proper like professional tournaments mm. but to get into the tournament you have to win using your own team yeah so someone who's poured thousands of dollars into the game may not be better at fifa than you but they might have fucking three different ronaldos yeah that's right so you've got like fucking buckley's chance of beating them yeah you know mm. in comparison so, so in that, terms of that kind of stuff it's very that's, that's dodgy yeah it tastes yeah. bad mm. in yeah. your mouth um they said our research therefore demonstrates that game developers, unwittingly or not, appear to be generating outsized loot box profits from at-risk individuals. These are likely to include both people with gambling problems or problematic patterns of video gaming, but not from wealthy gamers. Mm. These at-risk individuals make disproportionate contributions to loot box revenues and, and, and are these... And these practices are said to feed into the dangers of gambling. Fuck, that's a poorly written article. Thanks, IGN. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Either that or it was poorly read. I mean, who... Yeah, one or the other. (laughs) I'm just seeing words. Um, But yeah, that's not surprising to me. People who are more susceptible to the kind of gambling psychology Mm. 
are more likely to spend more money on loot boxes because it's fucking gambling. Exactly. You know? And, and there are like decades or oh, centuries of yeah. psychological understanding of gambling behind the choices that are being made. Yeah. And the reasons that's the fucking reason the gaming industry is the way it is because they actually understand that shit. Yeah. Just as well as Facebook understands that they send you fucking messages every 20 minutes to make you open the app. Yeah. You know, exactly. It's the same shit. It's the it's the serotonin and like that that chemical response in yeah. your brain to getting something. And gaming is all about that whether you put paying money for it or not. Mm. You know, beating a level in fucking Mario gives you that same boost. That's right. You know, so they've just capitalized on it mm. and it's fucking gross. It is. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and it, and like that thing says, mm. it literally says at risk individuals are the ones that are going to be affected most. Yeah. So you get this segment of gamers who are like, I'm not bothered by it because I just don't do it if I don't want to do it. Yeah. You know, but on the flip side, we live in a fucking society. So mm. do you just let everyone, you know, you don't, put a fucking disabled a person in a wheelchair at the bottom of a set of stairs and go, well, fuck. Yeah, we don't I, need to get a ramp because I can walk, I can up, walk and, up it. Yeah, yeah you exactly. You've got to look out for the most vulnerable people in your mm. society. Otherwise... We're only as fast as the slowest. Yeah. And, you know, that's a progressive mind, mind like a yeah. progressive thought. And there's people out there who don't give a fuck. Mm. They'll see a ramp and be like, for fuck's sake, you're constructing this ramp and it's blocking my entrance. Yeah. You know while you're building it it's really inconvenient to me yeah (laughs) but yeah that's so you know people like that are fucking assholes yeah it's basically what i'm saying and and that's what ea are assholes because they're taking advantage of people who are stands for isn't it yeah everyone are assholes (laughs) i think ea stands for eat our ass eat our ass yeah the o is silent oh yeah probably is (laughs) you are no it's the dot yeah (laughs) it's so small yeah. Yeah. Because it's so, yeah. Anyway, um, extreme assholes. That's what it is. <laughs> elongated. E- elongated assholes. <laughs> <coughs> well. Uh, so anyway, this is going to bring us the end of the news, but there is a tiny little bit of news that's going to kick off a little uh, chat. Yeah, discussion. Um, a discussion. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that's the news. We never intro. discuss things on this podcast, <laughs> exactly. so it's nice to, for a change. So E3 has been slated to return um, as an all digital and an all free event in June 12. So it got me thinking when I saw that, that do we actually need these anymore? Like 2020, actually, there were still some kind of week long events. But yeah, we had E3, sort, or it wasn't really officially E3, it was no. just E3 week. Yeah. But they still did showcases and stuff. And, and they always do, like, you know, yeah. and now there's more companies, more and more companies, it seems, in the last few years, are kind of going out, well, oh, fuck it, we don't want to be a part of that, but we're going to do our own showcase yeah. anyway during the week that you're doing your exactly. shit. Exactly. Well, this E3 announcement, um, PlayStation are not part of it. No. They've no. said, no, we're not, we don't do E3 anymore, we do our own thing. Yeah. You know, so... Um, it's interesting. And so, well, your discussion topic about it, should we just jump straight into sure. it? Yep. Is, um, do we need game events anymore? And so the list you've got here is GDC, PAX, E3, Tokyo Games Expo, uh, Comic-Con, which is 
a multi-faceted, yeah. not just um, games. London but, Games Festival and EB Games Expo, yeah. which doesn't exist <laughs> it anymore. It was a piss take to put um, in there. But the I thing think is, there's the, differences between them. That's what it is. Yeah. So GDC... And there are hundreds and hundreds of oh, these definitely. Here. Like you, definitely. All you need to do is, you know... Game put a list, show or something. Just, game just say, yeah, Game Expos 2019 yeah. and read the fucking list. Yeah. And there's some that are literally in tiny backwater towns. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? You know, they're in the yeah. local fucking community hall. Yeah. You know? And it's just, it blows my mind that we have ones that are, I mean, how much, at a guess, we could probably go to Yug and find out, but how much do you reckon PAX would cost, GDC would cost, E3 yeah. would cost... To run. To run something like that for a week. We're talking millions and millions and yeah. millions of dollars. Absolutely. And that, that's just from the, the people who are putting it together. Yeah. Let alone the companies that are bringing all their shit over and yeah. setting it up. It takes weeks, weeks to pull down, yeah. everything. Like, it's massive. Well, it's part of um, creating jobs as well. And, like, all of the marketing and stuff yeah, like that. it's a lot of marketing. But different, yeah. different events, I think. I think saying, do we need gaming events anymore is a bit too wide of a question because you look at like things like E3. Mm. E3 is a trade show. Yeah. It's not about the gaming community. Well, it was. Well, now it's all yeah. access, you know? Like yeah, it's... but it's it's still only like companies showing off like, look at this trailer, look at this trailer, yeah. you know? And so it's from that point of view, that's what I mean by trade show. It's not mm. like, you know, we're not celebrating the gaming community. We're just like everyone look at this let's look at this like um, never ending fucking loop of different trailers. Yeah. yeah. So that, that you're like, uh, probably not needed, mm -hmm. you know, and Nintendo have proven that with yeah. their directs. Yeah. Devolver Digital do theirs online. PlayStation have been doing the state of plays. Mm -hmm. So realistically, E3 is a fucking pointless thing. Yeah. Specific, and like COVID has only just boosted our understanding of this. Mm. All of this shit can be done in fucking Zoom meetings. That's right. You know, yeah. and especially with the rise of game streaming and stuff like that, mm -hmm. gaming companies can actually send previews of games via game streaming. So you mm. don't even need to fucking go and do face-to-face -face meetings anymore. Yeah. So obviously that shit, once COVID settles down and stuff, presumably you go back to, Being you know, a room full of say people. in like San Francisco, where you've got IGN and probably all the other major players. Yeah. And then you've got developers all there. It makes sense for IGN to send someone down the street to fucking Ubisoft or whoever, whoever the fuck's there. Yeah. Um, you know, or Bioware flying people up to Canada to, to check out the games up there. That shit's probably going to come back. Mm. And that's what E3 was good for because it was everyone compiled in LA. Yeah. And you can go from room to room and do previews and stuff. But mm. for the average Joes out in the world, pointless. On the flip yeah. side, um, well, and then there's GDC, which is it's a community thing. It's not about showing off games. It's about the actual development community getting together and sharing ideas and yeah. sharing education. Yeah. PAX. I don't think you've been to a PAX. I haven't been to PAX. No. So PAX is a completely different experience. So we went to EB Expo. Yeah. Multiple times. And that's like, please buy our games. That's right. That's, it's very that's marketing it. based. They put yeah. in some community stuff, but generally in the ones we went to, it was about like game sales is what we're here for. Yeah. Um, PAX is like, you can go to PAX for three days and not even see a video game. Like you can like walk past all the video games because mm. they do all the tabletop games. Yeah. They have, um, 
all the panels of people talking and it's not like panels like Comic-Con panels necessarily. Some are, mm. but there's panels that are like, you know, um, people discussing a topic like this, yeah. you know, or like uh, mental health in gaming and shit like that. So mm. you can actually go to PAX and just go to panels for the whole weekend and just learn things and listen to expert experts in their fields and, you know, other people who are not experts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the other, the podcasters <laughs> who've gone, here's an idea for a panel. Let's and, do it. Yeah. Mm. Like I know, um, game train podcast, Callan did a PAX panel that was, um, something to do with Sega. And it was like guys who were developers for Sega or who had done like magazines about Sega stuff. Yeah. And they all, they did a panel about Sega games. And mm. so people came in and asked those guys questions. Cool. So that's completely mm. different from E3. Oh, that's yeah. way more yeah. community centric. And I think like PAX is back this year, PAX mm. Australia. Yeah. And I think it's great because it's a great way. It's a really inclusive environment for a start because mm -hmm. gaming can be super fucking toxic. Oh, yeah. But PAX have this mm. overarching idea that yeah. we're all friends. Like you walk in and there's a sign that says welcome home because oh, we're all gamers that's what ties together. us together yeah. and you know there's no room for people to come in and be cockheads to each other mm. there's no yeah. need for it and you can be so who the developers you are. aren't there they are they, so there are some cockheads yeah. there well the, so the EA's there and they're no, just i'm talking about corner. like like call of duty being like oh i fucked your mum. yeah stuff yeah. like that like that kind of toxic behavior or like yeah of course shitting yeah. on someone for a girl for being a girl gamer yeah. stuff like that like you go to pax you don't yeah, see people like cornering chicks and being like, you're not a real gamer. I mean, maybe you do, but I think in general, yeah. the feeling is this like inclusiveness and everyone feels real connected. Like yeah, this, good. we're all here for the same fucking reason. To me, like a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that I see mainly from the European and, and you know, US, yeah. but from what we see over here, my take on all of that is, well, it's just the fucking videos that, you get shown yeah and then we have to sit through the preamble and the fucking bullshit of them talking about it um yeah and nine times out of ten those things are leaked days before that actually comes out yeah. anyway all those press conferences and yeah. stuff like that and yeah. to me it kind of goes well why the fuck are we bothering with that shit anymore yeah like yes packs celebrate gaming yeah awesome do that yeah because that's cool you know but the other bullshit side of it yeah which we is don't just need like a anymore. big marketing. Exactly. It is a it is a cool spectacle though, as a gamer. Can be, yeah. To yeah. be when you do get surprises, like yeah. watching um say the Xbox press conference when Keanu Reeves came out to talk about Cyberpunk. Yeah. That's like I love you too. Yeah. Yeah. That was that just was a cool surprise. moment. And yeah. like seeing the McLaren pop up on stage or yeah, whatever. That's pretty cool. All that kind of stuff. The spectacle of it is cool. Yeah. Um but we saw last year during COVID, we saw things like Ubisoft turn to doing all digital. And mm. you have the clips of developers talking about games, but it's much less of that shit. Yeah, yeah. And more of like, boom, trailer, boom, that's trailer. Right. And which to is me, cool. that's, that's what it should be. Yeah. You know, it's like, this is what we've got coming. Enjoy. Yeah. And then, but it does happen so often throughout the year now as well. Yeah. That I don't see the need for it. Like, yeah. I'd much prefer to have two big game trailers every Well, they month. do the Game Awards as well, where they show off a bunch of shit. Yeah, they do. And, yeah. and like I said, you go through the list and there are hundreds and hundreds of these events. Yeah. And in some months, there are a hundred. 
Yeah. You know, and you're just like, holy fuck. Like, you know, not all in one spot, but there's yeah, all around the, the world. world. Yeah. I think in general, I think they're still good. I think when they, um, the big ones that are focused on like global, yeah, like E3 and um, probably Gamescom. See, games, even Gamescom is very community focused from what I've heard. Mm. They get more people in there than E3 ever did yeah. per day. Mm. Um, but in terms of like, you know, oh, I've got to watch. I've got to watch E3's press conferences because that's where all the announcements are. Yeah. There's very few that are like that. You know, you might get news out of GDC or out of a Gamescom or something like that, but mm. they they're not running big press conferences yeah. type things. Yeah. So and just yeah. to do it, just and and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm talking about just the EB Games one now, yeah. and it's a totally different thing. I totally get that. But I'm sure it happens at all of the big events all around the world. Yeah. And it happens at games, uh, at Comic Cons and all that stuff. Is your, your retail and your, your purchasing stands yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I don't... Like, we get bombarded with so much shit constantly anyway. Yeah. To be able to go and celebrate being a gamer and being around other gamers and being involved in that community. Yeah. And then still having that issue of them getting their hooks into you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that to me, it, it cheapens the whole thing. Yeah. And, and it's like going to the Ecker or, you know, the Sydney or Melbourne show. Yeah. You go there for the spectacle, for the animals, yeah. you go and do all that bullshit. And then you go on into the fucking you know, area where you get your show bags yeah. and you want to kill yourself and everyone around you because <laughs> everyone's fucking stupid. Yeah. You know, and they're all screaming and yelling and people being assholes and people taking too long or whatever. Yeah. You know, and it just it, it makes you feel dirty and bad when you yeah. walk out of that kind of environment. Yeah. And I just kind of think if we had these <clears throat> where it was literally just a celebration of the gaming. Yeah. And that's what PAX is. I've never felt that yeah. sort of even like going to the PlayStation stand and, and they, when they first announced PSVR yeah. and they had VR units set up for people to play, they weren't like, okay, right down here to like, like at the EB Games one, they would have been like, oh, you fill in details on this iPad yeah. and we can pre-order it now for you. Yeah, exactly. They're just like, mm. oh, you check this shit out and yeah. you check it out and you're like, fuck, that was cool as. And then you just walk out and leave and go to the next thing. Yeah. But when it comes up on sale, you've got that in your head where you went, I fucking exactly. played that and it yeah. was awesome. And that's the way it should be. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's good marketing. Yeah. You know, because PlayStation get it in that way. Yeah. But when it's run by someone like EB yeah. and they're like, no, 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 you have to come to us and buy this. Yeah. And I'm a, a consumer. I'm sitting there going, why the fuck would I come and buy it from you when it's 20% more expensive? Yeah. You know, yes, exactly. I'll come to your event because I get yeah. to see it. But, you're fucking assholes and you're going to charge me like yeah, you're an asshole and exactly. why would I bother? Yeah. So, yeah. That's why EBX. I love you, EB, but you know, I'm not buying, you don't. Your, I'm not buying your sales hat either, you fucking weirdos. <laughs> yeah. Shit. That's why EB Expo got absorbed into PAX and I don't know what, I haven't been to PAX since they did that. Yeah. So I don't know how that's worked. It's changed maybe. Who but knows? Um, yeah. in gen like even with that, you can literally still just go to PAX and completely avoid the EB Games Expo area. Yeah. Because you can go to all those panels, you can go to the publisher, like the game publisher stands, mm -hmm. and like, yeah. So, so I think you really need to go to a PAX because it's fucking yeah. cool. And, and I also it's unlike think anything that, else. You know, this question only came to me because of last year. 
Yeah. Because of COVID, because... Where everything got canned. Yeah. and But it'd be a different story if you had been going to them, I think. Like yeah, if you've been to a pact before yeah. and then you have ticket store packs and it gets cancelled, you don't go, well, you probably yeah. don't need it anymore anyway. Yeah. You'll be like, fuck, damn it. Bring it back. Because seri- you need to go to a pact. We so, should see if we can get Anyway, I'm going to open a GoFundMe page and people can just come and pay for me to go to PAX. <laughs> yeah, nice. No, I'm not going to do that because I'm not an EA. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so let's talk about some game reviews. We've been yes. talking for a fair a while, man. It's a long time. Um, how long have we been going for? Is that an hour? Yeah, I think we're at about an hour. So, um, the, I've only got two games listed here because we were going to do Outriders and Odd World, but we'll do them on the next one. Yeah. So, first, I'm going to quickly talk about Space Based Startopia. Ooh. Yeah. Fancy name. It is. And I saw a bit about it before I got it, and I was like, oh, yeah, that looks pretty fun. Because it's from Calypso Media, who make Tropico and a bunch of other yeah. really good sim games. Good fun games, too. Yeah, so I was like, oh, cool. The um, idea of this game, Space Based Startopia, is that you uh, it's a simulator management type game where you're tasked with building a space station. And this space station has like thousands of different aliens that come to it, and you've got to keep them all happy. It's a bit like. Um, roller coaster tycoon or something like oh, that, yeah, like yeah. a theme park, but yeah. it's a space station, like that doctor one as well. The hospital, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. but gotcha. it's nowhere near the level of those, oh. unfortunately, yeah. which is really frustrating. So, um, it uh, yeah, it just turned out I thought, oh, cool, building a space station that's serious, that sounds fun to yeah. do, um, but it turned out to be really pretty boring and repetitive yeah. and uninspired. Yeah, so mostly like you don't see space at all. Mm-hmm. You, it's pretty much all interior view of like it'll be a room and you like place things yeah um, which just seems really cramped Can, mm. compared to something like Tropico where it's a big open space that's right you know um, so it's all indoors the bulk of the gameplay is pretty uninspired it's like here's a problem here's a solution so like oh these people are unhappy build this thing so you build that and then you're like okay um now these thing, this thing needs fixing. Do that, yeah. And so there's a little bit of resource management, but it's mostly just like busy work type shit mm. and not fun or and yeah, compared to the other stuff that's out there yeah. in terms of sim games. Mm-hmm. And there's even other space games like Avon Colony, I think it's called, or Avon Colony, which was from the guys who made um, uh, what's that um, City Skylines? Is that it? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So they made. And they made, I think it's called Surviving Mars or something like that. There's like mm-hmm. multiple space sim games that yeah. are by really good companies yeah, there are. that are far and away better than this. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a That's bit a disappointing. Mm-hmm. It is a bit disappointing. So it's definitely not on the level of other ones out there. Uh, so I give it like a two and a half out of five. I played it a bit on my PlayStation yep. because it's a game on the PlayStation. That's right. So I played it a bit, but yeah, it was not as good as I had been hoping. But well, that's a bummer. There is one game. The other game that we're going to review is a game that I've played with Laura, my mm-hmm. wife, a lot. Yeah. It's not. It's probably an eight to ten hour game, but it's really, really good. It's it takes two. Yeah, and this this was from the uh, the guys that brought out the Escape from Prison game. Yeah, a way out. A way so out. So the company yeah. is called Hazelight. Yeah. It's the guy who went in on the E3 stage and said, "Fuck." 
the Oscars or something like yeah, that, and they're yeah. talking about the Academy Awards, <laughs> and everyone was like, "Wow, he's, he said a he swear." swear. <laughs> exactly. He said Oscar. He said that. that <laughs> he said the bad word, mummy. <laughs> so th- yeah, this game it, it looks kind of interesting, different, very different to a way out. Yeah. So I mean, it's similar in the way that it's um, compulsory co-op. Yeah. So it cannot be played single player, same mm-hmm. as a way out. Yeah. It has local or online co-op, so you're um because Laura was showing it to people, showing a trailer for it to people at her work because we've been playing it. She's like, "This is great." Yeah. And they're like, "Who is this for? Who's this game for?" Because they're not they're nurses, not yeah. gamers. Yeah. And they're like, "Who's this game for? Who whose partner is going to sit down with them and play a video game with them?" Yeah. And, well, um, only if you love them. But she didn't realize that it's online as well, so you can play with friends oh, on the okay, internet. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you don't have to cool. be couch co-op, which yeah. in COVID, she should listen to this handy. podcast and learn that. She would learn that, yeah. Yes. Or she could just listen to her husband, <laughs> as if that's going to happen. <laughs> anyway, why start now? Um, so the game is, um, well, first of all, I saw this at E3 when it first got the trailer got shown, and I was like, I'm all in. Yeah. Immediately, I was like, that looks fucking great. Yeah, all in. And then I played it, love it. Yeah. Um, you play as a married couple, Cody and May. Mm-hmm. who are pretty much on the brink of divorce. Cody's a stay-at-home dad. May is an engineer who works heaps of overtime and is never at home. Yeah. So there's a lot of tension in their relationship. They have a daughter named Rose, and Cody's always at home, and they, whenever they're both at home, they're arguing. And so um, they're arguing... Is that they, like press X to argue? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they're arguing... Laura's just there going X, 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 yeah. X. <laughs> So they, they argue and then Rose sees them and she's made a little doll of each of them and it's like a clay little clay figurine for the dad and a wooden doll dressed up like the mum. And yeah. she like uses them to play around to be like, oh no, we're not getting divorced. We love each other lots, wow. blah, blah, blah. It's, the dialogue is very, sort of feels off a little bit the way that A Way Out kind of did as well, yeah, yeah. which I like because it's a bit of character to Hazelight's games, but you're like, mm. Mm, that's fucking weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, so a few moments like that in A Way Out. Yeah, like, where you're mm. just like, what? Did they, what? <laughs> so she's work. got these dolls and she's crying and she goes, I bought this book. I, I found this book and I bought it. It's by Dr. Hakim, The Book of Love, and it's about fixing relationships. She's talking about dolls. Yeah. She's like, I want you guys to read this book so you can fix it and, and stay together wow. and not break up. And she cries onto the fucking dolls and her tears are magical. Of course. And the dolls come to life. And wow. the book comes to life and he's like, hey, my name is Dr. Hakim. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to fix your relationship. There's a part we yeah. just got up to where he goes, we got to fix your relationship. <laughs> and they're like... Excuse me? And he's like, they're like, relationship with a P or a T? And he's like, relationship. At the moment, it's a relationship. And we're going to fix it to make it in a relationship. <laughs> and so he's like way over the top. Yeah. And he's like, you got to fix it with collaboration. <laughs> and then oh, like, he like gets in there. And they're really annoyed by him all the time because yeah. he's annoying as fuck. <laughs> but he's my favorite. Because so, they'll be like, they'll be like, so what are we going to do here? And he's like, you have to do this. Rah, rah, rah. Huh? 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 He gets like right in their face. And they're like, well, calm down. So I love that guy. I think he's great. But, but that's irrelevant to the actual gameplay. Yeah. Just, it's fucking bizarre. But anyway, so they're dolls and they wake up and they So you play out. as the doll. 
You play as no, the doll. No, so no, one no, person no. plays as um, the mother yeah. and one as the father of the dolls. And while they are the dolls, their bodies are like in a trance sleeping. So the mums sleep on the couch and the dad's like at his desk. So you'll play like a chapter and then it'll cut to the daughter in the house just roaming around by herself and she'll be like, oh, I found this thing, mummy. And it's like a bracelet that dad gave you ages ago. I found it. So like trying to yeah. talk to her parents and the mum's just like, <laughs> she's like, okay, I won't bother you anymore. Jesus. <laughs> and then the dad's sitting in his desk and the door's behind him. Yeah. She walks in and she's like, oh, dad, I found this thing. And, and the dad just doesn't respond because he's like in a, in a fucking doll. Yeah. And she's like, oh, sorry for bothering while you're working or something. And it's just like, she's miserable as fuck. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> Roaming around Christ. the house. So every level in this game is completely different. There's new gameplay mechanics on each level. Mm-hmm. So the first oh. level, you um, wake up. In, so she left the dolls in like the backyard shed. And so you wake up in the shed. And the, the book's like, well, if you want to... You know, if you want to go back to your bodies, you have to fix your relationship. And they're like, fuck it. Let's just go find Rose and make her cry on us again. Yeah, okay. And we'll go back to our bodies, right? And so you've got to to make your way through this shed. Rose is over one side of the shed and you've got to make your way through it. But then there's like this vacuum cleaner and stuff becomes sentient. So this vacuum cleaner is like, you left me in here to gather dust. Why did you not fix me? And the husband's like, I told you to fix it. Because the woman's the fixer. Yeah, because gender roles. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you were supposed to fix her. And uh, fix the vacuum cleaner. And you didn't. And she's like, you were supposed to do something. All right. They just bicker yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. And then the book appears. And, no, she's like, it's okay. I'll fix you. I'll fix you. Don't kill us. <laughs> and then the book appears and goes, if you are going to fix him, why did you buy the TurboVac 2000? Oh, no. And they're like, no, don't say that. And he's like, what? And so you have boss fight with this vacuum cleaner. <laughs> so it's fucking bizarre. Um, but yeah, that first level, I think you do that and then it's like a toolbox level. Yeah. And so you, the guy gets three nails and the woman gets um, like the head of a claw hammer. Mm-hmm. So she can use that to swing on nails to go. Oh, yeah. So platforming using the nails and you've got to shoot the nails to the right spot cool. to activate things and whatever. Yeah. So that's one level. Mm-hmm. And then there's another level where you're in a tree and you've been captured by squirrels As you do. and they recruit you to fight an invading wasp army. Damn. Right. And it's dark. Yeah. It's fucking dark. They're <laughs> like, they're, they send in wasps to attack them and they're like getting killed and every time you die you burst into a puff of like stuff and then you just reappear again yeah so you're just getting like stung by wasps it's crazy and in that level the guy gets a gun that shoots sap and the mom the mother the wife gets uh, a gun that shoots matches so the sap is flammable so you spray sap on something and then the other person has to shoot it with the match to ignite it and so when wasps attack You've got to team up, otherwise... Yeah. So you've got to spray the sap and then the other person shoots it. Mm-hmm. And that's just an example. There's another level where you, there's like a U-shaped magnet and he break, the book breaks it in half and gives you each one. And you've got to use that to, to reverse the level. So there'll be things that like, I think, you know, the guy gets the red one, the red half of the magnet and yeah. the woman gets the blue half. And so there'll be a red thing. And if you're red, it 
um, repulses you. But if it's blue, you get attracted to it. And so you've got to traverse the level using that. Interesting. It's very, very clever Mm. how it does it. And um, like it, it has more sort of variation in levels than any game that I think I've ever played. Like seriously. And then there'll be like a level where you go from this third person type view to like a 2D platformer or a racing game or like the woman's flying a plane and the guy's aiming a gun on it. Yeah. Like things like that. So every level is completely different. Mm. And then within the levels, there's something like 25 mini games to find throughout. Wow. So on the snow level, there's a mini game that is a snowball fight and it's the first person to hit the other person five times Mm -hmm. and the whole time you're playing Cody and May are like bickering at each other and then they'll have a moment where they're like oh yeah good job you know and it's real ham fisted sometimes where you're like oh good she's like good job Cody you did a good job and (laughs) you're like that doesn't sound natural but then there's a bit where she's a lot of the time, the bickering, you're just like, come on, fucking seriously. <laughs> where it's real. Where I imagine if you're listening to like a couple bickering, yeah. you'd be like, fuck, come on. Yeah, get over it. Yeah, like yeah. that's not... So um, the reason that it grabbed me was because I really liked the idea of like having to work together to repair your relationship. Yeah. Because yeah. not, I don't think it's been covered really. And there's not that many games that are like pure co-op either. Yeah, that's right. So not a lot of them anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so the mini games are like snowball fights, and I think there's another one. I've written down a few of them here. Um, there'll be ones where like targets pop up, and it's the person who shoots the most targets, or you know things like that. So yeah. they're pretty basic, mm. but, but um, it just adds another element of fun. Yeah, which and is like great. there's most of it's pretty linear, and then there'll be a bit where you get the snow level has a really big open village. Yep. So you can roam around and do things in whatever order you want. So it's almost an open world game in that part. Mm. Um, And then there's other stuff to interact with in the world. So there's like a whole level that's in Rose's room where, and this is dark as fuck. They're like, oh, that's her favorite toy up over there, this plushy elephant. If we destroy it, she'll cry heaps. Oh, wow. And that'll get tears on us. And you hear that and you're like, Really? You want to do that to your own kid? And, the, and May's like, it's fine. We'll, we'll destroy it, but we'll just buy her another one. And I'm like... Mm. And then when they actually meet the elephant, the elephant is like the queen of the toy room. Oh, yeah. And then she's like, oh, hi, you want to play, blah, blah. And they're like, we need to kill it to each other. Yeah. And she's like, oh, wait, you want to kill me? What? <laughs> and then you like, she, there's a chase scene where you've got to chase this elephant <laughs> and then you're like ripping its limbs off one Holy by one. Shit. And it's like screaming and stuff. <laughs> It's fucking crazy. But the toy room level has like, it's like traversing from one end of the room to another through all of these different toys and like a castle. And there's a whole space scene. There's a whole space level where one of her favorite toys is a space chimp. It's a, it's a monkey in an astronaut suit. Oh, wow. And so you go through all these weird like anti-grav levels and shit like that. Yeah. So like I said, every level is completely different. Mm. Um, and yeah, so seriously. And you're enjoying it? I'm loving it. Yeah. It's the best co-op game I've ever played, there I reckon. It's pretty pretty good. Um, I reckon it's almost one of the best games I've played. Wow. The only downside to it is that it's forced co-op, so a lot of people probably don't have someone to play yeah. with, yeah. which is such a shame because mm. um, it's seriously good. So yeah, like I've written here, there are no boring parts of this game and it changes itself up so often that it keeps you wanting more. That's pretty impressive. Um, yeah. And mm. like, yeah. 
we haven't quite finished it yet. I think we're probably about two thirds of the way through. Yep. Um, because we can only play when you know yeah, yeah, Laura's not at work or whatever. Yeah. But in general, like even and Laura doesn't play many video games. And okay, some of the stuff gets frustrating for her because yeah. some of it requires quite a precise level of gaming ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't play video games very much, so like using two sticks to move the camera and yeah, move the character yeah. can fuck her up occasionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when things are very fast moving, um, she it gets, gets it gets a bit confusing. Yeah. And also she likes to just explore the area and see if there's anything to interact with. Mm-hmm. And then she'll get like, be facing a wall and be like, where the hell are you? Yeah. But you can just press on your right stick and it shoots the camera straight at the other person. Oh, that's cool. So you can um, yeah. find each other more easily. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's very well thought out. If yeah. there's one thing to say about it, it's very well thought out. Um, and they've definitely just gone, how many ideas can we fit into one co-op game? Mm, but it doesn't like... feel cramped or like overcrowded or like that it doesn't know what it wants to be. Yeah, nice. It's just very clever, yep. um, very fun. And yeah, five out of five. There absolutely. That's a big call. Yeah. But sounds worth it. So yeah, absolutely. If you've got someone to play with, it yeah. sounds like a pick up. And I love the book as well. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that to Laura all the time. Just get in her face. I'm like, I'm like, um, what do you want for dinner? Do you want some like spaghetti or something? Ha! 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 She's like, fuck off. Yeah. She's like, I fucking hate that book. It's fucking irritating. <laughs> Every time he talks, I laugh. And she just cringes. Yeah. yeah. If there's this part in the game where you get up to like, you're just at Rose and then they realize that Rose can't see them. Oh. They're invisible, but they can affect the world around her. That's why they're like, oh, let's wreck her doll. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then shortly after that, Dr. Hakeem like teleports them into this sort of therapy room and they're like held down in chairs next wow. to each other. Mm-hmm. And so they, he's like, we're doing therapy less therapy sessions. Yeah. And then when they like get the shits with him and he's like, you're going to do this thing that will help you get this, like bring back the passion in your relationship. <laughs> of course. And then he presses it, like pulls a lever and the chairs go up on springs like, <laughs> and then they like fo- go backwards and forwards and then wow. throw them down into a hole. <laughs> Shit. It's fucking weird, man. <laughs> but yeah, I absolutely reckon. And so if you, you if go. you don't, if my like, pure love of this game hasn't come through in the podcast which I think it has I think it has Um, I seriously suggest you go and look up the uh, It Takes Two gameplay trailer which will give you a good idea and it shows you a lot of the different types of gameplay in the game it's a real roller coaster of a game so well there you go you've heard it here probably last (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah so but maybe not with as much passion no maybe not passion exactly (laughs) Dr. Hakeem. Yeah. Well, we're going to end up in the podcast here. I think we've yep. gone on for a while. I'm uh, glad to episode, be back. Yes. Episode 180 is now basically done. If you want to send us your thoughts on the, the gaming conventions and festivals and expos, mm-hmm. you can email us at podcast at dropbeargaming.com. We haven't lost that yet. Yeah. Or you can send us a message on all of the other platforms socials yeah on the socials we're not on TikTok on the socks you can probably be in charge of our TikTok account nah probably can't can you do the dances no I don't even have an analogue clock (laughs) (laughs) so there's no TikTok on at all (laughs) there you go well there you go (laughs) what can you say to that that's right yeah anyway Uh, so that's 180 Um, can't believe it's been 10 and a quarter years now and we're both married again. 
Well, no, for the first time. Yeah. We're both married in the same podcast. Yeah. So they're weird. Yeah. How life has gone round and round and round. Thanks very much for listening. Enjoy yourself. Talk to you in the whole later. See ya. Bye.